This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 1.9 Chai FM, this is Soul to Soul on a Friday afternoon. The Friday afternoon that is the last Friday afternoon of the three weeks of the, in the period of the nine days leading up directly to Tishbov. In case you're not aware, Tishbov will be this week, uh, on Monday night and, and Tuesday. Uh, of course, uh, that is, as far as we are concerned, the one of the most uh, serious and, and, and saddest days of, of the year where we, where we commemorate uh, terrible tragedies that befell, that befell the, the Jewish nation, uh, including into early, of course, the destruction of the, uh, of the two Bate Mikdash, of the two, uh, of the two, uh, uh, of the two, uh, temples in, in, uh, in Jerusalem, um, which of course is, uh, such a, such a central point of our, of our Yiddishkeit, such a central point of our, of our lives. Um, and, uh, we prepare for that. This, this, this Shabbos, of course, is the, uh, Shabbos Chazoin. It's the Shabbos where we read the, for the, for the Haftarah, the first chapter of, uh, of the book of Isaiah, which, uh, laments the, the terrible situation the Jews find, uh, find themselves, find themselves in, where they, uh, where the, the Navi talks about how we have really abandoned Hashem and we have, uh, we have, uh, acted in a way that, that has made us so, so distant, made us so, so far away from, from, from God that, uh, it almost seems that, that we can't, we can't come back. But of course, but of course, uh, we can. And, you know, the, the, uh, we discussed, we started discussing last week, the concept that the, of course, the, the Torah portions that we read during, during this period are absolutely perfectly aligned, perfectly connected to the periods, uh, that we find ourselves, that we find ourselves in. Uh, this is a, a time on a tradition. We have that very, very much on, uh, on, uh, in all of our pashas that everything is, is dovetailed and, uh, and lines up so perfectly with the uh with the uh period of time with the section of the year that we uh that we find ourselves and uh it's quite interesting that that uh, as i say we we always read these parashiot, the parashiot of uh, matos and Masay and and varim during this uh during this uh this period and and one of the one of the associations is of course the 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 concept that you know we have the five books of the Torah and last week we we finished the fourth book and again that happened specifically during this three week period and uh, we started now the fifth book the book of Eled Varim these are the other words that Shadibe Moshe that Moshe Rabbeinu that Moshe Rabbeinu said and and perhaps there's 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 an allusion here to something quite uh, quite important because when we spoke last week about the Masay Bin Israel the the journeys of of the uh, of the Jewish of the Jewish nation we mentioned of course a, a while ago the 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 concept that uh, our whole life our whole existence 
is is a journey. In fact, uh, we may mention a few weeks ago the concept, the difference between those who are holchei derachim, those who are oivrei derachim, those who are holchei derachim, those who understand that really the life is the journey, the destination. We don't actually know what what the just what the uh, destination is, but uh, we're in it for the journey and how every single thing that we do, every stop we make, every encounter we have, every event that takes part in our in our lives is is uh, is Hashem is part of the 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 plan, is part of what Hakadosh Baruch Hu has orchestrated for for us. It's part of what we understand our reason for being here is and how we react and how we handle and how we deal with all the situations that uh, the Rebbein Shalom sends us and how we uh, react to all the stimulus, to all the sometimes all the provocations, to all the challenges that we have, then really directs on, on, on how we're traveling along our highway of, of, of life. And Elam Masse B'nai Israel is perhaps reflecting on the fact that not only were there the 42 journeys that the Jews undertook in the desert, but that the entire history of 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 the Jewish of the Jewish nation has been has been a journey, and that that journey has taken us through four of the most cataclysmic and and, and horrific exiles one could ever one could ever uh, uh, imagine. I mean, uh, the the first one, of course, was the Galut of Babel, the the Babylonians. Who were the ones responsible for the for the destroying of the first Beit Hamikdash, the first temple? Uh, uh, they they were the first ones who took us out of uh, out of Israel, took us out of uh, out of uh, Jerusalem, and, and brought us to to uh, to their land, to Babylonia. And then came the the Medians, the Persians. That was the second the second uh, the second Galut uh, that happened after the Babylonians. Then came the the Greeks, the Malchut Yavan, the 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 Greeks with their with their desire to totally uh, squash out uh, the Jews' adherence to God, their commitment to to Torah, uh, where where they they said, as we discussed before, they had this concept that you have to you, no Jew is allowed to close his door, you can't shut out the 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 culture of the of the street you have to be a good a good citizen and and uh, and temper your Judaism to include all the all the stuff of of the world and and finally the galut edom the the galut began began by the romans who destroyed the the temple and in whose clutches we still unfortunately find ourselves oh, nearly 2000 years nearly 2000 years uh, 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 later and perhaps the four books of of the torah represent these four these four uh, uh, galiot and it is even stronger it is perhaps the the learning the lessons the 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 uh, the incredible strength that we get from each one of these books of the torah that has given us the ability that has given us the 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 power to withstand. I mean, because because the obvious question is, how could we? 
How could we withstand all the hatred, all the enmity, all the all the persecutions, all the pogroms, and we're just a teeny we you know, we're the little the little sheep amongst the seventy the seventy wolves and, and, and they so outnumber us and they're so uh, hepped up and so passionate about about trying to destroy us. How are we going to survive? And in fact Dabanamel says that Beshuva Shemet Shivatsiwa and Hashem is going to bring us back. We're going to realize that this was a whole dream, and we're not going to be able to understand this. There's no realistic way. There's no rational way. There's no way that <coughs> history or, or, or sociology or, or any of the normal disciplines of, of the world can can even begin to explain how the Jews have managed to survive all the terrible uh, trials and and, and 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 difficulties and 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 you know. Uh, Programs that have that have been that have been set uh, against against us, and, and the reality is the answer is that it's it's the Torah, that it's uh, our, our adherence to to these books of of the Torah, to particularly these four books, Bereshit, Shemot, Vayikra, and and Bamidbar, which represent the four the four galiot that have given us this ability to to withstand. Uh, how do they represent the four galiot? So it's interesting because. Uh, uh, we, we say Sefer Breshit somehow lines up with the Galut Bavel and, and the commentaries point out because, uh, in the incident of the Dorha Flaga, the generation that wanted to, uh, fight a battle against God and, and arrest control of, of the world from, from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu decided that the, the reaction would be to scatter to actually create the first real galut and, and, and scatter people all over the the earth. So the Torah says, Alkain Karashima Bovel. They called the name of that place Bovel Kisham Balal Hashem Svatkalers, because there Hashem confused the whole earth and, and, and scattered people and sent them all over the place and created different divisions and, and borders and boundaries and, and, and the total, total antithesis of what had existed before. The Dara Flaga, which is by where the entire world was, was unified and the entire world was, was a, of one mind and, and one purpose and one, and one, and one direction. We became individualized, fractionalized little nations and, and little groups that, which is the whole concept of, of Galut. So Babel is the first, is the first book of the Torah, is, is Bereshit. Sefer Shemot, obviously the, the, um, uh, kind of centerpiece of the book of Shemot is of course the uh, Matan Torah, the standing at Har Sinai and a hearing from God, the the ten the ten commandments. And as we've discussed on various occasions, the Torah tells us that when Moshe Rabbeinu brought the people out to the mountain in order to receive the Torah, it says, "Vayisyatzvu b'sachtitahar." They stood. Literally, it's at, it's at uh, uh, at the edge of, but it can also be literally tachtit. Tachat, underneath the mountain and the Gemara in, in Shabbat says that this teaches us that God uh, spread the mountain over them or held the mountain over their head, like a, like a, like a barrel and, 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 uh, and said to them, you know, either you accept the Torah or, or else, yeah, this will be your, this will be the end of the, uh, end of the, of the story. And, uh, and so there was, as Gemara uh, points out, there's some degree, and we discuss in, in previous talks, uh, what that might have been, some degree of, of compulsion, uh, that the Jews had to, uh, accept the Torah on, on some level 
against their will, even though they weren't perfectly lined up, they weren't perfectly uh, happy with the demands or the expectations of of, of the Rebunishlam. But the Gemara says that's no worry, because even if there was a degree of, of compulsion when we originally accepted the Torah, that has changed because at the time of Ahasuerus, the time of the Purim story, it says, Kimu Vikiblu, the Jews uh, fulfilled and they accepted. And, and the Gemara says that what does it mean that Kimu Mashikiblu Kva, they, they agreed to align themselves, they fulfilled that which they had already accepted. And the Gemara points out that at that point, uh, whatever had been the element of compulsion in the original event of Matan Torah, that now we accept it willingly and we accept it with a full, with a full heart to do whatever it is that Akash wanted us to do, even if before we hadn't been so, so willing. And that, of course, that, that is the Purim story which took place under the rule of the Medians and the, and the Persians. And therefore, the second book, the book of Shemot, relates perhaps to the Galut of, uh, of Madai of, of, of Persia. The, the third book, of course, uh, Vayikra, Torah Koinim, is full, full of, of laws that apply to the Koinim, the mitzvot, the Koinim do of, 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 of performing all the, all the service in the temple, the various stringencies that exist because they are, they are Koinim and the various privileges they have. And of course, that relates directly to the Galut, to the exile of, of the Greeks, because there we had the, the challenge, where they tried to defile the Beit HaMikdash, as we said, and, and it was the Hashmanaim, the, the Koyanim, who, who really took the cudgels and, and, uh, and challenged the Greeks and, and beat them up, and then eventually were able to reinstate the, the service in the, in the Beit, in the Beit, Beit HaMikdash. So therefore, Vayikra certainly relates to, to, uh, certainly relates to the Galut of Yavan and, and, uh, another allusion that's also brought is even though in Pashat Emor all the holidays are mentioned, starting with Shabbat, Pesach, Shavuot, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and, and Sukkot, obviously Hanukkah is not mentioned openly because Hanukkah didn't exist at the time the Torah was written, but if one looks at the very, very, very next, uh, uh portion in the, in the Torah, uh, we talk about uh, uh, you should take uh, pure olive oil. So there's a, an allusion, certainly there, to the to the uh, to the menorah. In the in the fourth book, the book of Bamidbar. So we read in Pashar Chukat that the Jews were on their way to to Israel. They 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 wanted to go through the land of Edom just so they could travel through, just so they have an easier and shorter route to. To uh, Eretz Israel, and they promised the uh, Edom that they wouldn't they wouldn't uh, turn to the right or to the left. They would buy whatever they needed, even though they had, and uh, everything would be fine. And and Edom refuses to allow them to go through, and said that if you do come through, we're going to attack you with a sword. Edom is saying, uh, "You know, I'm impregnable. I am my, my blessing that was given to me." Says Asaf which is Edom, uh, the blessing that was given to me by my, by my father Avram, by my father Yitzchak was, Al-Char you must live by the, uh, by the, by the sword. So, uh, you know, if you're gonna come to me and we're gonna attack you with a sword, and eventually, uh, Edom refuses 
to allow us passage and and they are the really the the force that stands between us and uh, our final return to Eretz Yisrael, our final uh, 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 foray into the into the into the future, into the future Gula. So these four books are, are then epitomized by Elamase Bnei Yisrael, the, the journeys, the travails of, of Bnei Yisrael throughout history. And in fact, uh, if we take the word Elamase Bnei Yisrael, the Aleph, which is the first letter of the word Ele, perhaps stands for Edom, and the Mem, which is the first letter of the word Mase, might stand for Modai, and Bnei, the first letter of the word B'nai, which is a base, would represent Bavel, and uh, Yisrael, the Yud, represents Yavan, and so we're now in a transition. Elamai, we're summing up the, the, uh, the, all the history of the Jewish nation, but the point is that we're now in this time of our, our, our lowest, our lowest, uh, point. We're now at our, uh, uh Nadir, and now we're turning around because now we're beginning the book of Dvarim. The book of Dvarim is Ela Dvarim Ashadir Moshe. Says Rashi, there's no Vav connecting this book to the previous book. It's not Ve'ela Hadvarim, it's Ela Dvarim. It's a whole new existence and uh, it represents what happens after the Goliath, the, the future of the Jewish nation where we're going to, where we're going to be ushered into the time of Mashiach, where there'll be a whole new relationship. <clears throat> in fact, there's a medrash in, in, in Yeshaya that talks about that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will sit on his throne, surrounded on the right and the left by all the angels, by all the constellations, by the sun and, and the moon, and he's going to teach a, a Torah Chadosh, he's going to teach a new, a new Torah, which of course cannot be a new Torah because we know that, uh, I mean, one of the 13 this Torah is never going to be swapped for another one, but it means that we're going to have such a clarity, such a relationship with HaKadosh that we're going to understand and be able to to have insight and be able to have clarity in the Torah that we never ever had before. We're going to be taught things in a way that uh, we never were able to to grasp before. And that is also, that's that, that is also going to be the, the Torah that Moshe teaches us because Moshe, uh, will, his role as the, as the lawgiver, his role as the teacher may have ended in Olam Hazar, but it will be, it will be continued in, in the world to come. There are commentators learn this in the Pasuk where it says, uh, La Yasu Shevet Yehuda, the, the staff will never depart from Yehuda. We had this uh, this week in the in the uh, in the Dafyomi also. The staff will never depart from Yehuda. Says Medishish of course refers to the Mashiach that's going to come from the house of of Yehuda, from Mashiach ben Ben David who will be a descendant of the house of, of Yehuda. And Umuchokek Ben Raglav said that's referring to Mashiach and Yosef, who are the two dominant forces that will bring about the future, the future redemption. And then Ad Shiloh until we come to Shiloh. Shiloh, of course, uh, cannot be referring to the place where the original Mishkan goes, because what what relevance does that have to the time? So the commentator said that Shiloh is a numerical value of Shin is three hundred. 
10 and 30 is 40 and 5 is 345, which is the same gematria as Moshe Rabbeinu. He will be, he will be the, the, the lawgiver. And, and that's, and that's what sustains us. You understand? We've gone through the galut and, and we now understand that what it is that's kept us has been the Torah. In fact, uh, Shira Malach Beshuv Hashem When we say Beshuv Hashem, so perhaps we could say the word Beshuv stands for Bereshit, Beis, Shin, Shemot, Vav, Vayikra, and Beis, Bamidbar. That is what Sivsanis, because well, otherwise, we don't have any concept. And this is what's gotten us to this point. And Beis Hashem, Artfila, as we, as we stare down the Sort of the, the, uh, how hollow sockets of Tishbav, although of course there's still plenty of time. Tishbav might not even come, might, might, uh, we've still plenty of time for, for Mashiach to come and take us all to Yushalayim sometime between now and, and, uh, and, uh, and Monday night. But we realize that we're in this transition. We finished. So we over, we've ended all the, all the suffering, and now we're going to the area of Elad Vorm. This is the, the new Torah. This is the new understanding. This is the new relationship that we daven and pray and, and hope every day that we're going to be able to achieve together with, with, uh, God. Okay, we're going to come back with a bit of a segment on, on Hechus Shabbos. Still talking about the things you can and can't talk about on Shabbos, but please don't run away. This is 11.9 Chai FM, the greatest radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 1.9 Chai FM, this is Soul to Soul on a Friday afternoon here in Johannesburg. Welcome, welcome back. Uh, as I said, this uh, Shabbos is Shabbos Kodesh Parshas Devarim, the first Parsha, the first, the fifth of the and final. Uh, of the books, as I always remember one of my, uh, friends saying that when we start reading the book of Dvarim, yeah, it, it, final exams can't be, can't be far behind, but certainly, uh, uh, Yom Tov can't be far behind. Rosh Chodesh, we had a Rosh Chodesh Av this week, which means that Elul is a month away and Rosh Hashanah is only, is only two months away. So it's straight, straight uphill to, to really, really important and big, and big things. We are dealing with uh, in our halacha segment, the concept of what uh, uh, what what one is allowed to do on Shabbat in terms of uh, money making, in terms of being able to uh, uh, accrue profit from the activities that one does on Shabbos, which we're under the general category of mitzvah cheftzaka, one is not allowed to do business on 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 Shabbos. And we've spoken about many many areas of of the halacha. Uh, one of the things that uh, quite interesting the the uh, the uh, poskim discuss uh, what happens if a a doctor a doctor is uh, receives a a a call where he needs to administer uh, medical medical aid or intervention for god forbid uh, a person who is who is uh, who is sick so he is allowed on on Motzei Shabbat to uh, send an account to demand uh, payment for his uh, for his uh, ser- services, because the truth is that uh, yes, we 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 don't doubt and and ever ever impugn the motives of our medical professionals, but it could be that if he 
uh, knew he was not going to receive any kind of a compensation for for his efforts. So maybe he wouldn't even want to uh, donate, or, or maybe he won't want to in the future to be so quick to uh, to uh, uh, volunteer. So the, 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 in fact, this is the uh, Mishnah brings this down, and therefore he's he's uh, d- totally justified in in sending a uh, an account after uh, after Shabbos uh, to uh, to be to be uh, to be paid. Um. Another really important area of of uh, under this whole concept is the concept of preparation. Uh, we know that one of the things that one's not allowed to do is to prepare from the Shabbat uh, uh, to after after Shabbat, and that that has all kinds of ramifications in in whether you're allowed to clean up the house or or clean up the table. So the the reality is that we know that. The whole purpose, and we've mentioned this on several occasions, that the whole purpose of Shabbos, that the, re- the reason why HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us his gift of Shabbos was, number one, that we should spend it in a in a state of, of sublime Kiddushah, in a state of holiness, in a state of closeness to Hashem, and in a state of, of Minucha, in a state of desisting and, 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 and not being involved in any of the physical mundane things that we're that we're involved in during during the entire the entire uh, the entire year, and therefore someone who is going to put himself out and really make efforts on Shabbat to prepare anything that uh, he's going to need for after Shabbat for the for the for the weekday. So the reality is he is. He is denigrating. He's showing a a lack of honor for the Shabbat that I I can actually steal time on Shabbat and and use that to prepare myself to to get ready for things that I want or need to do after after Shabbat, and therefore uh, our rabbis actually forbade a person to to uh, put himself out to actually expend effort and and time and uh, and concentration on preparing anything from Shabbat that he's going to need on uh, on uh, on weekday and therefore for instance uh you can't you can't make beds on on Shabbos to prepare to sleep in them on uh, on uh, on Motzei, on Motzei Shabbat, obviously, uh, you are allowed, and maybe many people should hear this. Perhaps you are allowed to uh, make beds in order that the uh, the bedroom or that the room you slept should look tidy, should look neat. That perhaps is part of covered Shabbos that we should have a a tidy, organized house uh, on. Uh, on, on Shabbos. So therefore, if the, if the, if the motivation is simply to, to tidy, that would be allowed. But to, to, uh, uh, let's say you have guests coming to make up beds that are going to be needed on, on Motzei Shabbat, that would, that one would not be allowed to, uh, to, to do. Similarly, uh, that one would be allowed to, let's say after a meal, uh, to clean up and take all the items 
off the table and you know get rid of the crumbs so that again that the the table should lose should look presentable that it should uh, shouldn't be an eyesore on in the middle of uh of shabbos that you certainly are allowed to do that again and it's part of tidying it's part of making the house looking like it uh like it should look on on a shabbos and not to be just a I think the chamos is the word that uh, I think they use in Afrikaans, although I'm not an Afrikaans uh, a, a speaker. Um, so that that would be would be allowed, and therefore, uh, even after Shal uh, Shiris, uh, even after the third meal, late on on Shabbos afternoon, if you finish the meal before Shabbat is over, and there still remains you know, a bit of time. Between the end of your meal until Shabbat is is over, again you would be allowed to uh, organize the table, clean it up, and uh, take off the dirty dishes and take them, you know, next to the sink, etc., etc. Um, but that is only if if uh, there is time after after Shabbat is is uh, after the after the meal till Shabbat is is over. But if organizing and, and cleaning up the uh the table where it's so late that the only benefit of cleaning up your table would be for <clears throat> after Shabbat to make it easier for you that you're doing it now and don't have to do it Shabbat but there's no benefit, there's no more time left in Shabbat. You could appreciate the tidy house. So then it would be considered as if one is uh you know if one's only uh finished uh his a few minutes or maybe no time before before Matze Matze Shabbat or Let's say it is earlier, but uh, as soon as you finish Sudash uh, you're going to be leaving that room, and you're not going to be be there anymore until the end of uh, of uh, of Shabbat. So then, it would be forbidden to organize the the table or do any of that uh, any of that work because that would be considered preparing from from Shabbat until until uh, weekday. We're going to come back with our final segment in just a moment. But please, don't run away. There's still more Torah to learn. This is 11.9 Chai FM. Don't run away. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 11.9 Chai FM. We are back here. Thank you so much for being part of our show and, and being part of our, our radio family. As I mentioned, this is the Shabbat immediately preceding Tisha Tisha B'Av, and just a quick reminder, obviously, on Tisha B'Av, there are many uh, limitations, things that we can't do. Obviously, eating and and drinking is, is forbidden, unless, of course, one is a particularly sick person uh, or uh, a woman who is maybe pregnant or nursing, in which case you must uh, get in touch with your local Orthodox Rav, the Rav of your shul, or whoever you ask generally. Ask your questions to to find out whether you should or should not be be uh, fasting. So eating and drinking is is uh, is uh, forbidden unless uh, one gets a license to so to so do. One is not allowed to wear leather shoes, uh, even shoes that have some leather. Generally, we hold one should not uh, one should not wear, or one is not allowed to wash. Uh, any part of the body, unless it's particularly soiled, and even in the morning when we wash our hands, we wash only up to the uh, 
only up to the uh, knuckles. We cannot uh, anoint ourselves, put any uh, uh, lotions or perfume or whatever it is on on ourselves on uh, on Tishabav. Also, we don't uh, we don't study Torah except for those things that relate directly to the stories of of Tishbab or to the laws of of mourning since Tishbab is a national day of of mourning we all are mourners on that on that day we also don't greet each other uh, we don't say hello and when you pick up the phone just uh, say your name or something like that we don't we don't uh, greet if someone else who may not be knowledgeable of the halakha does greet you, so you don't you don't have to be a total turn off. You can at least acknowledge the greeting with a soft uh, nod of your head, etc. But not get into a into a whole a whole conversation. Uh, and uh, this, uh, yeah, and uh, also the custom is that certainly until midday on uh, Tishbav we don't sit on a chair that's more than about twenty eight. 28 uh, uh, centimeters, you can sit on the ground, you can sit on the cushion, you can sit on a low chair or a baby chair, but nothing higher than than that. And ideally, one shouldn't do any kind of work, any kind of uh, get involved in anything sort of really complicated, certainly until after Chatzot, at which point one would be allowed to certain things that are necessary to uh, you know, get the food ready for the after-fast meal, etc. That would be permitted on uh, on, uh, on on Tishabov. We go to shul. We we read the Megillah of Echa. We say cannot. We say various uh, uh, poems about the litany of tragedies that happened to the Jewish to the Jewish nation today. These days, there's a great deal of inspiration. There are a lot of video uh, presentations of of great great uh, speeches, great great inspiration. Uh, they're live uh, uh, speakers. Check your notice boards in your shul this Shabbos, or listen to the announcements, and you'll you'll be directed as to what is uh, available. And there's so much of it, in fact, available on uh, on uh, on on Tishbav. Uh, as regards washing dishes on on Shabbos, so if your intention is that you're going to need those dishes, in other words, you're still going to have another meal while it's still while it's still Shabbat. So then, uh, let's say you, even if you use, let's say for lunch, you had quite a large crowd, and you used uh, many, 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 many dishes, and now you're going to have shashus. Shashus, you just have a few people. You only need a couple of plates or a couple of cups to service the crowd that you're going to have at at Shalashudas. So if at the if you don't have access, obviously if you have other clean cups, other clean plates, rather you should you should use those. But if you have no other uh, clean uh, 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 crockery available at that time and you need to wash, so one would not be limited. Well, I need two cups. I can wash two. You would be the halacha says you would actually be allowed to involve. Uh, you would be allowed to to wash all. Of the of the cups, because since you 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 could use any one of those cups, so therefore you'd be allowed, in fact, to wash all all of uh, all of them. And same thing if you needed one one plate, you could wash all the plates because you could then choose which one you want to uh, 
you want to uh, use provided that you don't have an available plate to use in the uh, in the in the meantime there's more to talk about this and we will carry on please god next next week but there is the bewitching hour it's time for us to disappear and leave you in the hands of uh, the news and then the uh, weekly uh, vote by the chief rabbi and then some appropriate music to take us until until the beginning of, of Shabbat. I just want to thank each and every one of you for being part of our radio family, for listening in, for, for your comments and, uh, and, uh, input, and just to wish you all a Shabbat Shalom. And of course, uh, hopefully we still won't have to fast on Tishba, but if we do, it should be a not too difficult fast. It's easy to be not too difficult fast. It should be a meaningful and inspirational fast. And one where we, we hopefully try to get this message that we're in this transition. And please God, we want to start Eilat Vong. We want to start the climb up to the ultimate, to the, to the new Matantara, to the new revelation, to the new closeness and relationship to God. May it happen very, very soon and speedily in our time. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. This is Soul to Soul on 11.9 High FM. Shabbat Shalom.